A reading from Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So which character do you identify with most in this parable we just heard? Because that determines how we feel about it. Maybe you identify with those laborers who were hired late in the day, who only worked for a few hours, and who were overjoyed to discover that they were still going to be paid for a full day. Or, or maybe you identify with the ones hired early in the morning, who labored and toiled in the heat and in the sun, and who were outraged to discover that they would still only be paid the same amount as those who only worked for a few hours. Is this story, this parable, about a landowner who is gracious and generous, or about a landowner who's unfair? Both reactions are reasonable. And I've heard both from faithful, good people that I know and respect. Like Davis, one of my roommates I had after college. Davis was loud and irreverent and so much fun. And, and he had a past, a big past, like so big that according to him, he wasn't legally allowed to visit the state of New Mexico anymore. Davis had spent a lot of his life at the bottom of a bottle, though when I met him, he had been sober and clean for more than 10 years. But he was also living out of his car. He was struggling. But someone had told him about Jesus, and, and Davis had come to believe for the first time he had this connection with God, a, a God who, who loved him and cared about him and welcomed him in and offered him grace. 
So Davis and I, we pulled our money with another single guy in the church and we all moved in together. And if you had told me that six months after college, I would be living in a trailer with two guys in their 50s in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, I might have rethought my life plan. While we were roommates, Davis was in the hospital a lot, and some of his visits were scary because we didn't know what was going to happen. And during one of those visits, when I was sitting with him, he told me his favorite part in the whole Bible. It was this parable. Lying in that hospital, he told me that this parable was what he clung to because he knew he was one of the laborers, one of the workers who'd come into the vineyard very late in the day. For most of his life, he had run from God, run in the opposite direction, in fact. But despite that, God had spoken the same words. Come on in. Come on in and know forgiveness and grace and love. Despite everything he had done, God loved him the same way and showed him the same grace. And to Davis, that was the best news he had ever heard. When I came to Emmanuel two years ago, I spent a lot of time getting to know people. I called it Pass Some Time with Pastor Josh, and it was awesome. I had so many incredible conversations and, to be honest, got a lot of really good free food out of it. One member of the church invited me to go hiking. As we were hiking, I learned that this person had done their best to live a moral and upright life since they were young. They had experienced real pain and loss and struggles, but they had stuck with faith and, and stuck with the church through all of it. They'd given their whole life to serving God the best they could, given their time and their energy and their resources. And as we were hiking through this beautiful place, they told me their least favorite part of the Bible. It was this parable. They said this story, it just isn't fair. It's not fair to reward people the same for less work. It's not fair that those who toiled and worked longer and more faithfully didn't get more. It's not fair for God to operate this way. Isn't it funny how we can hear the same words, but they can feel so different for each of us? This parable reminds us that that God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes that's going to feel like really good news. But other times it's going to feel unfair. Even make us uncomfortable. See, at the heart of this parable is the scandalous nature of grace. Grace is a word we use all the time in church, but it can be hard to define when I use the word grace, I mean receiving something that we don't deserve, a true gift that we haven't earned, perhaps that, that we can't earn. Grace is a second chance from a loved one after we've messed up and hurt them. Grace is the forgiveness of financial debt or student loan with no strings attached. Grace is being granted asylum 
and a safe place to live and rebuild after fleeing from violence. Grace is moving to a city whose name you can't pronounce, in a state you've never visited, and finding a congregation with open arms ready to love you and to call you as their pastor. And I say that grace is scandalous because it is. God's grace stands in direct contrast to the way this world operates. From a young age, we learn that in this life, you only get what you deserve, what you earn, what you work for. And this way of thinking is everywhere. We work hard in school, we earn an A. We don't work hard, we get an F. We do well, we're rewarded. We do poorly and mess up, we're punished. We're a superior athlete and we win. We're less skilled and we lose. It's everywhere. We're taught that everyone has to earn what they receive. And that's not true, of course. We know that some of the hardest working people struggle to make ends meet. That some of the brightest students never get a chance to shine because they don't have the resources or the opportunity. That some of the most qualified candidates are passed over simply because of the first name listed on their resume. But this world teaches us at every moment, all the time, that life is about merit, about getting what you've earned and earning everything that you get. And we're taught this until it's easy to begrudge someone or become angry when they get something that they didn't earn or receive something that we don't think they deserve. It cuts against all our ideas of what's fair. Which is why this parable is hard and unfair and even offensive to some of us. Because according to this world's way of thinking, it's not fair to pay these laborers the same amount. The person and people who, who worked just a little didn't earn it, and the people who worked all day surely earned more, and yet they were paid the same. It isn't fair. It's grace. God's ways are not our ways. God doesn't give to people as they deserve. That's not how God thinks about people or, or how God sees this world. God rejects the idea of people only getting what they earn. And instead, God chooses to show grace and mercy and love and forgiveness, the same grace and mercy and love and forgiveness to all people. And most of the time, we're really thankful for that. We love grace when we're the ones to receive it. When we hear that God loves us, that God forgives us, that God welcomes us into the kingdom of heaven, we are thankful these are things we can't earn on our own, things that God can only give to us as a gift, and so we're grateful to receive them. And we love, we love when other people show us grace, overlooking our weaknesses and assuming the best about us and giving us the benefit of the doubt and looking past our mistakes, caring for us in unexpected ways. But most of us, including me,
don't love grace nearly as much when it's shown to other people, especially people that we think are undeserving. Maybe it's our fear that grace is like a, a finite commodity and so more for other people will mean less for us. Maybe it's envy and jealousy in our heart. Maybe it's our own prejudices about people. Maybe it's just that we don't want to see some people flourish because we think they don't deserve it. We heard a perfect example of loving grace for ourselves and despising it for others in the story of Jonah this morning. Jonah was so angry when God showed mercy and grace to the people of Nineveh that he said he would literally rather die than have to see it. Nineveh was the capital Syria of the Israelites' sworn enemies, and in Jonah's mind, they didn't deserve the chance to be forgiven for the wrongs they'd done. They didn't deserve the chance to have another chance from God. It wasn't fair. And so Jonah conveniently forgot what happened earlier in the story. When he ignored God's call, ran in the opposite direction, disobeyed God, put innocent lives at risk, and was still forgiven by God and given a second chance. He was happy when God's grace was offered to him. But when God offered grace to his enemies... Not so much. We love grace as long as we're in the driver's seat and we get to choose who is deserving and who isn't. But we're not in the driver's seat. God is. This is God's world and God's church. And the gospel is God's gift to all people. It's God's choice to extend the same grace and love to everyone, even and especially those people who deserve it the least, even people we don't like, even even our enemies. In God's kingdom, there are no hierarchies. Grace and love are more important than fairness. And as God's people, we're supposed to embody those values too to celebrate when grace is shown to others and to offer grace whenever we can, no matter whether we find someone deserving or not. This parable teaches us that God is always looking to invite more people in. God is always looking for more laborers for the kingdom. When this landowner hired these people later in the day, he wasn't just giving them work. He was giving them meaning and purpose. And that's something God wants for everyone. There are so many people in our world who are searching for meaning and for purpose, who are just waiting to be invited in. And our job, our job is to do the inviting. There is no special reward waiting for those who follow Jesus longer. There is no VIP section in heaven for those who live better, upright, more moral lives or who pray longer. And in our relationship with God, if we just focus on what God can give to us or do for us, then we're missing the point. If our faith is just about 
payment or reward, whether in this life or in heaven, then we're missing the point. God invites us to look past that and to discover a deeper truth, that the opportunity to work in God's vineyard now, to be part of God's kingdom now, to know Jesus and all the blessings that following him brings now, to experience the purpose and direction that knowing God provides to live for something greater than yourself in service to God and in love to the people around you, to be a God, a part of God's work in this world now is in itself a gift, an incredible gift beyond measure and an incredible privilege and honor. There is so much joy and meaning and purpose and peace and love found in knowing Jesus now and working in God's vineyard now and being part of God's people now. Why are we worried about payment or reward for others or for ourselves? Because what could possibly be better than knowing God's love and grace and forgiveness? What could possibly be better than having each other as co-laborers as we seek to do God's work in this world together? What greater reward could there be? And how can we resent anyone who has shown grace when we've received so much grace ourselves? Sure, God's ways are not our ways, but God wants to change us until our ways are God's ways until we see that perhaps God is not fair. But God is more than fair. God is gracious. God is generous. And that is better. Amen.